There's great things in Mexico. We're not that's out of the woods. Right. We're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, that's right. Not that's to right. that. That's a bad hombre. Playa. Lots of bad hombres. Yes. <laughs> and we- I assume some good people. <laughs> Sand to the beach, Catherine. I Too can't believe you're bringing Too a woman soon. to Mexico. I'm happy for you. I really am. We survived. <laughs> At least to close down 2017. We're the ACC Basketball Degenerates. Gutsy, real college basketball talk with themes today, including Christmas characters, gifts, gambling, snowflakes. That's your cue, Jaffe and Guff. Mm. Hot takes. And then we'll get to the mailbag eventually. Taylor, the ever-present uh, company of mine for the past month. That was Good an excellent you, introduction. Let me compliment you on Thank that. Thank you. I that, enjoyed it. I do do this for a living. It's my day job, so uh, I better not suck or else I'm going to be... Uh, Worth every penny. Definitely going out of Mexico for who knows what. All right, so let's begin this podcast. <laughs> Wait, so that's about as awkward as it's been since yeah. I've been gone. It's just been the yeah. two of you doing awkward that. Awkward silences <laughs> where we stare deep into each other's eyes. I okay, think we, good. We, we've developed more chemistry. We're not quite as frenemy as we have been in the past. Oh, that's good. That makes me happy. It's We agreed on a few takes, and, and then others I had to tell Taylor, I had to tell him that he was out of his mind right like we are, the virginia tech uh takes i'm just like eh, yeah i hear eh. you i hear you well i mean let's get down to brass tacks here right off the bat what was your reaction luke when you saw mark titus's tweet at the acc basketball i felt very vindicated so why don't you walk me through that a little bit for someone who is a little i think bit, this is ridiculous well, well, thank, for someone who's a little got... lax on social media tell me what thankfully happened jeff, I'm already shaking i head. did not realize this. jeff hayden has our back that's our dude and he, he uh for, you know, so wait so for those who don't a lot know of college basketball banter and stuff well yeah. first of all we caught on when i don't know who it was it might not have been um club Troya, but somebody last year was talking about the story of Patino in the hallway at JPJ, and I was the only one there. It was me and Jeff Greer and one other dude, and somebody like knew the inside story. I'm like, how did they know that? They weren't there. I was there with two other people talking to Rick. He's like, I got five minutes, y'all. You got five minutes, right? Because he oh, didn't right, get to the podium. Right, right, remember? Right. Yeah, I don't remember this. That's when uh, that's when my antenna got. Okay. Up. But, I mean, how, what a great compliment that Mark Titus, arguably the most significant college basketball writer working today, has actually listened to a couple of guys, you know, just talking nonsense in the studio in Charlottesville. <laughs> I was honored. And the, and the, best, yeah. the best slash worst part was whoever in this room tweeted that response, which was, um, and we listened to you two sometimes I mean, oh really look, somebody said that yeah with at Club that? and the best part about that Let's is own look, up to it i know i know something luke i personally know something about a woman scorned that may surprise some people in here and you know what that in that Mexico. tweet came off as a woman scorned and it it was almost read like hey you know what yeah i check my ex's facebook sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i love their their podcast well here's what tate frazier i mean i dude. couldn't lie because i haven't listened to one shining podcast all year long. So I'm angry we didn't take that. Oh, what am I going to lie yeah. and say? Yeah, oh, I one. listen to you all the time. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have. Yeah, well, no, no I, I think he does an excellent job. You know, I think he does a great job of I, combining two things that can, I really you like. You can wash your brown nose in the No, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I, there are two things I really like that he does. And one, it's he provides thoughtful basketball analysis of real basketball plays, which I really appreciate, deeper than surface level stuff. 
And then on I, the second shut case... Shut up, Mike. This is the stupidest tangent oh, you've ever been this. on. I was saying this. And then on the second case, I think he provides a nice honesty to the realism of locker rooms and how teams are formed and what they think about each other. Oh, wow, you're I rusty. Like you're I rusty like at this stuff. podcasting business. I'm serious. I'm you're serious. Really I like rusty. both of those things. I like both Good of those Lord. Gosh, can we can we move on to uh, ACC basketball talk? Let's go. I was go. proud of you guys. I was proud of you guys when I heard that. Well, regardless, we're going to dig into it. And going down the outline, we're going to, you know... We're going to review the non-con. There's about one game left for each team. Who said the best non-conference? I am going to argue against Miami. One of you clowns can go for the undefeated team when you see the big zero next to their first number. And uh, I'll argue against you. If, Larry Nega forever. Would anybody like to take the floor? Who said the best non-con? Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's... Is it even is it even close? It's I mean, Duke. I would assume it's Duke, <laughs> it's Duke. right? Yeah. They, they ran yeah. the table. <laughs> yeah, they, they did everything right. If they would have played yeah. Michigan State again in the PK eighty, they would have beat them again. You know, I mean, they're they've, been, they've been so dominant. Yeah, that's so I, that's dominant. I think that's up strong, for debate. Strong, yeah. Michigan State I, I is looking much better. I don't think dominant is the right word to characterize Duke, given the BC loss, even though that's actually conference play. And secondly, the close call to Florida. It looks like a train wreck right yeah, now. They look pretty bad right now. The Texas game, Texas doesn't look very good either. Mm. Recently, no. they're they're. A, I mean, they're not a ranked team. Can we at least say that? Well, yeah. yes, technically that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So, anyways, I think Duke wins that crown of the best non-con. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, sure, who else could it possibly be? North Carolina looked like absolute crap against Michigan State. Like there was the worst shooting performance in what North Carolina basketball history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. No, woof. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I view this as the best non-conference versus expectations. So, like, if oh. you had told me well, before Clemson, the season. Well, give it give it to Clemson. Yeah, I yeah, kinda, it could, it could I be. I think they just Clemson. smacked around to South Carolina. I watched that entire game. They just smacked the crap out of South Carolina. So I think Clemson, Clemson has been They're, really good. Ugly Florida State, aside from their recent yeah, loss. Yeah, I agree. Florida State. They exceeded expectations big time. Syracuse? Syracuse did too. I mean, those are like good stories. If you had told me right now Syracuse would be ten and one at this point, I pr- I would have been surprised. Because last year, what did they have? Like five losses by now. <laughs> it seemed like that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I know that it's outside of Maryland. Maybe they haven't really played great teams, but still. Well, I'll tell you who played the abomination of a schedule was your Miami Hurricanes mm. over there, Tyler. I mean, Taylor. Gosh, that, um, that hurt. That's the most Tyler hurtful Taylor thing you've ever said to me. Yeah, I do. So I sort of believe in that team, but I did come to a realization because I'm the only one against it, not on the Miami Love Fest bandwagon uh, gravy train to put all the words together. <laughs> right? Yeah, those, those are all the wagons and the yeah. trains. That got we can a, I got all of them covered. I'm the yeah. anti uh, gravy train in Miami. Mm-hmm. And can I tell you why? I was watching highlights in, in the hotel room. I was down in West Palm Beach on business. Oh, you, you must, announcing you basketball. Oh, we fancy. We fancy. <laughs> announcing huh? basketball. And I had nothing to do in my hotel room, so I just turned on a bunch of games. And I set up a war room sort of in my hotel room. And I'm watching Miami highlights that come on. They're like, and the announcers are just gushing. They're playing GW, first of all. Look at this Miami team. Oh, look at the athletic plays early on. Get out to the great start. And then I look at the halftime score, and like they're up by like six. Or it's the second half, they're up by seven. I'm like, GW is not very good. No, they're not very are good. We, this are year. we like? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they, what, what are they? Win by nine? It's like, not GW yeah. like everybody. a couple years ago. Yeah, my my antenna's up on Miami, but you guys are welcome to jump in 
and your and yeah, your you know, pool of we learning. have a few different segments today, so I I feel like I can jump in and pile on them later. Um, but Ooh. I'm I'm actually a little I'm kind of into Miami right now. They seem like a team that um, you should go against because they're undefeated and they're very highly ranked and they haven't been that good previously. But I'll tell you that the defense and the physicality that they bring. I think we'll we'll be able to carry them through long term. I think especially Miami is really good. Miami is the team who's not going to lose to inferior competition, but they're going to lose to the better teams. Here, here's my emerging theory of and college basketball. And they're going to be basketball. very good at home, I believe. Miami is a good. Here's my emerging theory of college basketball mm-hmm. in 2018 okay. soon. Is that I I kind of feel like overall you're seeing teams either go to one extreme or the other. They're either all offense or all defense. You're, uh, you're Virginia cannot, or you Duke, and but. I know it's been going on this for a while. This is great that you said that because this is something I wanted to talk about right, right now. I'm going to read you something I wrote right now. We're on the same wavelength okay. because we've been potting together. Oh, dude, look well, at let this. Well, let me just get this to this. This is so, so adorable. Miami is like okay on offense and really great on defense. And I've been try- wrestling in my mind, is it better to be like that Arizona State team that's just like basically trying to be the Golden State Warriors and only dunk the ball and shoot crazy threes, like basically Gunners University. Tag me, man. Or is it better to be Virginia where you slow it down? And I mean, they're not a great example, but, you know, somebody. I think Miami is kind of trying to do a little bit of that, like play that really physical defense, really tough man defense, and then they have guys that can go off. And that's like what oh, you yes, need to make do. runs deeper. And that makes me feel more confident about Miami. That's why I like them. Even though, you know, Minnesota's the best team they played, I mm-hmm. thought that was a really good win in the sure. moment. Absolutely, maybe hasn't held up as much. Minnesota mm-hmm. has like what, like a lost in Nebraska. They've, they've three yeah, they have like four guys who really. I mean, you know, yeah, it's they, not a very they deep really, team. they yeah. really just play their starters. All right, yeah. this is something I wrote down. I actually prepared because I have more free time on my hands these days. Uh, there's a limited amount of energy given players having a game. Where do you put the emphasis? Offense? Question mark. Defense? Do you try to be solid at both, but great at neither? What if you're super talented? Does that make a difference in either direction? What if you're super experienced? Does that make a difference in either direction? And how do you delegate? I think it definitely matters about how talented your coach is in one side of the ball. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the coach point is is the most important. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Ken Palm actually talked about it last year on the podcast here with how you juggle lineups and when you know to play certain players at different times and when to pull people. And obviously depth is another big part of that, where you have a Louisville who has a solid 10-man rotation, and then you have a Miami that's really just a seven-man rotation mm-hmm. um, and, and how well that can kind of level out with that energy. And plus, do they play a zone or not? You know, it, that, that's another thing. Also, deeper question. teams tend to generally play better defense. That's why Miami is a little bit of an anomaly. You've got a little more like tolerance for fouls and everything. But also, it, it has to do... Not only with the coach, but like the type of talent you have. So younger, more talented teams, naturally you have to make your bread on offense usually because with that talent, the talent doesn't teach you how to like rotate in a rotation on defense. You don't know where to slide when you lose your man. I mean, think about like a Virginia example. Think about Jack Salt for years and years. Like now he's pretty serviceable because he's like kind of learned how to do it. He didn't have the offense. I mean, he's talent. serviceable in like how an orangutan doesn't rip the trainer's arms off. <laughs> I mean, like, but, but like he's not serviceable. Like as in, like, I'm as just in, saying, in, if you're a defensive-oriented team, you can fit in older guys who have learned the system who aren't super talented. Where a mm-hmm. younger team, you're going to get like all you need is shooting, shooting, run the floor. That's it. Yeah, spacing, run the offense. Yeah, stay it, stay in your lane, old LeVar yes, Ball. <laughs> yeah, and I also, I, so interesting stat I noted, I found this, I don't know why I did this like late at night reading through Ken Palm archives. 
the offensive rebounding stat has decreased every single year since 2002 that Ken Palm has been tracking it. Like, when you say decreased, do you mean in terms of relevancy? No, just like the percentage of offensive rebounding that teams are doing is okay. going down and down and down and down. And like coaches are are really emphasizing it less. Like the philosophy now is like don't crash the boards. It's rather get back, give up the offensive rebound, give up any chance at an offensive rebound. And prevent transition, and prevent transition reason, points. Yes. And there's still a few people who like really crash the boards, but across the board, like in general, the trend is going way down. That's interesting because of how many offensive rebounds are generated by three-point attempts. You know, you would think that that number would go up. So, they, yeah, I guess that does tell you that they are really pulling back. Syracuse yeah. says hi and completely reneges your entire <laughs> yeah. theory right there. All right, let's move on to uh, our second topic. Santa and the Grinch. Who is your I believe in Santa ACC team, the one you think is getting it all together, even if others don't share your total faith? We'll start with Guthrie. Uh, I, I mean, we we touched on this team earlier, but I really like Clemson. And they they have been truly surprising. Uh, I mean, if you, if you ignore the Temple loss back in November, Temple's they picked solid. up... Yeah, I mean Temple Temple played Villanova really tough in in you know that uh that game not too long ago. But so they, they lost by a lot and did not cover the spread. Oh, did they not cover the spread? RIP <laughs> Temple. I mean I love them. They, yeah, Temple is pretty good. Sorry. Yeah. Hate to slow your roll there. Um but uh I mean they, Clemson just picked up a win against South Carolina tonight and Yeah, and it was an impressive win. Yeah. I mean, they they dominated from start to finish and yeah, it, Man, I, I I texted Luke earlier that Clemson was the one reason I had not come on recently because I did not think they'd have a good year. I thought that Dante Grantham was going to be the end all of he's going to kill the whole team, and mm-hmm. now he's like the most efficient offensive player in the ACC besides Bonzi Colson. Um, so yeah, it, it, Clemson's been a bit of a rele- revelation. Um, and definitely Marquise Reed in particular, ACC Player of the Week last week. Um, and put up, what, another 20 points tonight against South Carolina. Yeah. Is this going to last? Well, if you look at it historically, (laughs) 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 once they get into ACC play, it looks like last year they opened, what was it, one in seven in ACC play, um, only beating Wake Forest. Yeah, So I I don't know. Here's I'll give this to Guthrie. They have one of the lowest bench minutes in They're also sort of a throwback team. They're just we're gonna beat the crap out of you, snot out of you, everything that's in you, Landry Noko style to pull a reference mm-hmm. out of the hat for Clemson fans. I miss him. I miss him. And yeah, it's not smooth. It's not pretty, but it's sort of just rugged and reckless and physical. And and I don't think there's a lot of teams who are accustomed to that in the modern age of basketball, where everything is free flowing and. Freedom of movement and spacing, and they're just all over the place and well, they, banging. To the point, I agree, and to the point, I usually I would think they they really only play five guys like significant minutes. Like what happens when Virginia Tech plays Clemson? That's a game I really want to watch. I don't know. But all these guys on Clemson are like pretty experienced Like does every guys. Clemson player foul out of that game, or does no, Clemson see, just wreck them if it's not called in? See, that's the thing. They actually a, do a really good job of not fouling, which mm-hmm. they have to because they're Benjamin is. And I think it's to that point, even though they play that style of defense. They do play physical, though. Yeah, they play physical, but all their starters are juniors or seniors. And they're like experienced, know how to play that that Look, style like, without fouling. I yeah, mean, think I about mean, that's, Chase that's Jeter all true. picking that's up all six true. fouls. But when you talk about energy and a player only having so much in his body for a given season, 
they play Virginia Tech the fourth to last game of the year. Those five guys are going to be worn out. There is oh, yeah. no way that those I, I, guys are running up and down I don't the floor buy that with theory Virginia Tech. One minute, okay? No you know way. what? I don't buy that minute, uh, that theory for a minute because all these Duke teams who we've talked about, they've only go seven deep. They're playing five games in the ACC tournament. There's no way they played on a back to back to back to back. They're going to beat North Carolina or whoever, and they do. I think it's. I don't less. buy that theory. I think that you know, I, I college think, players I are young enough term, that they can recover, and they're not going to get completely beaten down by the end of the season. I mean, it's, it never happens with the teams that go seven deep, and we see them in the Final Four. No, I think it matters. When's, <laughs> when's the last? I think really it matters deep, on a single single game basis. What's the, like the last really deep three team of the game? Who's like? Well, they're not. They're just really deep. I'm starting to think that depth is not as important as we originally. Assumed at the start of this podcast. Hmm. That's what I've learned many over years three ago. years. Yeah, many astounded years silence. Yeah, hmm. right. You know, I and don't I, know. Think, I think uh, I think I think Duke has deep. been a, Duke has been a pretty good example of that. I'm just surprised to hear Mike. It's like, oh, Duke the... is coming off. They're they're playing two and three, and they're on the road. They're playing Notre Dame. Notre Dame's well rested, and yeah, and just sometimes talent just wins. And I, I never see. When's the last time you saw that player's really, really fatigued? It doesn't happen often. I, I think Thank it can happen sometimes. Let's move on. I, let's like not Mike. I think they're only defense. So these guys, Gabe DeVoe and like Dante Grantham, and they are all really efficient scorers. Elijah Thomas, Marquise Reed, these the efficiency numbers for their offense are really good. And this is not the offense is not amazing, but it's like not what you would see from you know, another team that you would expect is all defense and no offense. Their right. offense is is pretty efficient, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they they are they're scoring the basketball well right now, and if they can continue to do that, they'll win. But I don't think they will. But you know, I agree with Guthrie. I think they've been a great surprise so far. Mike, who's your team? <laughs> so reread the prompt again because it is the team that you think will continue will get better, right? It's not the team that's just been good now. Up until this, the point, one you right? think is getting it all together. Okay, so getting it all together—that's the key. For and they're me. on the floor right now. Your team, yeah, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. <laughs> so they have started. Uh, I think the so far, you know, probably the worst team in the ACC. Lammers. But my boy, my boy Josh Akoji just came back uh, last night, or was it last game against Florida A and M? Came up and put in put up an easy 16 or 20. Um, totally different team with him. Offensively, they have been putrid so far this year. They've been just awful. However, with him back, they finally have the ability to drive the lane and rely on you know guys like Ben Lammers um, inside. But really, with Todrick Jackson being able to play more and actually <laughs> score without Josh Okoji there, I'm telling you, this team finishes 500 or better in the ACC. Can I this ask you year. a question? Yeah. Are you on Pastner's PR staff? No. Okay. No, just no, checking. no, no, no. Just I'm, just, checking. I'm just happy that a coach was able to play. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, last year they they played in the NIT final against TCU, a TCU team mm-hmm. that's now a top 25 team. And that was last year. They got. Should we turn on the game? See what's going on. Their teams are not that different. Um, they got wrecked in that game against TCU. TCU is good. They're so TCU good. TCU is really um, good. But I saw a lot in that game, and I, I think that you know they have kind of the Twin Towers element in Georgia Tech that I think will will continue to uh, also, carry yeah, them through in the ACC. You also got to mention Jose Alvarado. He's he's playing terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He might be like the second bright spot for Georgia Tech this season after Ben Lammers. And, and you know, a look to the future – 
hopefully, hopefully he'll stick around for all four years. I mean, he's he's really good. Yeah. They also lost to Grambling. Yeah, I'll bet so you that's, guys, I bet you guys anything thing. you yeah. want, they finish under 500 at ACC. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Mike is off his rocker, personally. Gram- no. The loss of Grambling State is one of the worst in like recent years <laughs> it, for it ACC is. non-conference play. At home. At home. At home. <laughs> this this team this team is, what were they, they were picked like bottom of the barrel in, yeah. in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. <laughs> like either last or second to last. Yeah, this is this is Grambling a, State is one of the worst teams in the country. Yeah, they, they are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, we just you're confused about teams all that our listeners. Taylor, your turn. Can we say that Set maybe the we could find some awesome value for uh, yeah, Georgia guys, Tech like, coming forward? Yes, absolutely. Okay, Set the Grinch, yeah, Taylor, bet against turn. them. So mine, uh, maybe similar. I believe in Wake Forest always. Oh my goodness, I still believe. Good grief. So all, some bad losses. Drake <laughs> on a neutral floor. Not looking great. From the, the start beginning of the season. season was bad. Start of the season, bad. But I think they're starting to pick it up. I think they're putting it all together. Let's put back the quote, the one you think it's, is getting it all together. I think they're getting it all together. All right. Even if others don't have total faith. I, I think Including that, everybody else in this room. I think that they have <laughs> a lot of... I mean, their offense is the 17th best in the nation, according to Ken Palm. The defense is just not very good. I think that they have so they obviously have so much offensive talent. Uh, Brian Crawford, Keyshawn Woods, Brandon Childress, Doral Moore is like starting to kind of step into that role that they need to fill down low, you know, inside. Um, Unfortunately, it's it's pretty much they're going to go as far as Moore can kind of take them. The defense that he can provide is going to yeah. elevate the level. Like the number of shots that he blocks or the field goal percentage of the other team, whatever, however he can mm-hmm. hold down the paint, is going to determine their trajectory. Um, and the shooting of Woods and Brian Crawford. Yeah. And really. I, I'm not worried about the offense at all. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's a, that takes care of itself. It has, it has looked much better. Um, you know, they, they haven't played anyone super amazing. Like losing losing to Houston on a neutral is not the end of the world. It's a competitive game. Houston's beat Arkansas. Houston is not a bad team. But, yeah. you know, putting up 66 at home against Liberty is still very much on a lot of Wake fans' minds. Yeah. I think they have the backcourt to mm-hmm. match up with anybody in the ACC on any night. It's just a matter of getting the front court together. Yeah, and I th- I think it's enough of an issue though that it's going to cause problems in ACC play. I mean, th- there's some tremendous front courts this year, and also really like thinking about the play of Bryant Crawford. Like I I love Bryant Crawford, but he can kind of go uh, a little haywire at times and just kind of do hero ball like. Uh, the, that's him the, and Keyshawn Woods. The they, knock on their offense is sometimes it get a, gets a little frantic. They turn the ball over. Yes, they have some turnover issues. I just I choose to believe. I have faith in Wake, and um, so I'll be, that's it. I'll be rooting for them the first weekend of the NIT. I'll tell you what, yeah. guys. Uh, I really enjoyed your your Santa teams, but I'm actually going to pick a team who's actually made the 64 in the past decade. I think. <laughs> So, uh, I'm going to go with Syracuse as my team. Oh, so you're proud of you're proud of Syracuse. Tell me why. I'm Tell me really why, proud. Luke. You know, and this even goes against uh, Ken's algorithm because he has them pretty far down in the algorithm. Right about uh, where they should be. Uh, no. <laughs> See, uh, just, just you wait, my friend. I think they're below Georgia Tech, aren't they? 
In the algorithm? That's a great question. I don't even <laughs> no, know. I'm no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Georgia Tech's yeah. awful. All right. Okay, this team, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go through some some things I like. I like that they're the the best offensive rebounding team in the country if Marvin Bagley and Wendell uh, Carter didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? Yeah. That's Asterisk. nice. Asterisk. If those two people didn't exist in the world, they'd be the best team. Right. Okay. But great. they're not. Uh, so they're they're right up there. They're they're close to the top of the totem pole. I generally don't like teams who can't shoot, but I, I'm making an <laughs> exception here for some reason because I think Tyus Battle can at least shoot contested threes, and he's shooting around 40%. That's good enough for me. I don't right. care about the rest of the team. 37%. Yeah, no, that's, that's around, around that's 40%. Around 40 yeah. What do you think about Frank Howard? Do you, do you think he's he's the guy? Do you think that he's no, he's going to be able I'm to not, carry I'm that team? I'm not trusting Frank Howard in, in this team. Can I, can I tell you who I do kind of like? Who had a big game tonight, randomly? Who? Pashal Chukul. Pashal Chukul? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had like 25 points. He had a double-double tonight, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's against a terrible team, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, it was Well, Buffalo's not a terrible team. Buffalo is respectable. <laughs> With Brissette, you've got some great names on this team. Okay. They didn't have the non-conference from hell like last year. They did well in ACC play last season, mm-hmm. despite what most people generally believe. I think Bayheim knows ACC coaches, and I think he outcoaches a ton of ACC coaches. Yeah. He's outcoached Bennett the last two times they've met. He's outcoached, let's see, uh, Shashevsky last time they met. He does well against Mike. He does. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, you know, yeah. what, there's there's no there's no way around it. That's <laughs> what I'm relying on for the Syracuse team. I'm relying on Tyus Battle, offensive rebounding, and uh, Bad Boy Bayheim. and that's my case. And they're a young team, which is not like it's not the Bayheim strategy recently, which is surprising to me. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about that. That doesn't help my cause or hurt it. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it might hurt it. All right, that's my my take. Okay, let's go to the next topic, guys. Uh, that was Santa and the Grinch. Now everybody needs to pick. Who was your Grinch before his heart guru three sizes that day ACC team? The one you're pessimistic about more so than other people. I'm chomping at the bit to start, but what do you guys can? I'll Ooh. let others go first. I, I kind of want to hear what you have to say. Uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah. Oh, man. You've Here it is. <laughs> You've always Here had it is. Am I really on this island alone? Right, give, give it to him. Give him oh, his 30 gosh. seconds. Give oh. him his 30 seconds. I watched this team with Guthrie put up uh, the abomination of a first half of oh, the yeah. century against, against Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> yes. And, and like is Peter Jock still, still playing for Iowa? No. no. Oh. Iowa has Iowa's I, like high bad. school. Jared Udall, I think. Tyler Cook, Tyler Cook's quite good, but you know the rest of their team. And that was at Castle. Secondly, they just played Presbyterian, a team who's 339th in Kempom, and it was a tie game in the second half mm. with under 10 to go. And I think it was a seven-point narrow victory at Castle Coliseum for the Hokies. The mighty Blue Hose. Uh, they gave their best against a crappy Kentucky team who Taylor still loves, uh, but they still didn't cover. I loved both teams in that uh, game. What am I missing here, guys? And they play the toughest schedule in the ACC. What am I missing here? Guthrie, you want to take him here? You want to take him straight body blows? So I, I think I think you're <laughs> you're Virginia you're Tech. cutting him a little short here. Are they gonna they, finish fourth? I think I, I still like my I still like my prediction for them to finish fourth in the ACC. Oh, I will you gamble anything oh, you want no. on that. Oh no! I I will gamble my. Can we do my a, honor. a month of rent? Can we do a month of rent for that? Ooh. Oh, I'm not crazy, man. Come on, we're, we're roommates. We can <laughs> do that. Let me tell you about. Here's the thing that the Kentucky game said to me. They lost, but it was closer than the final score would say. Virginia Tech, I mean, they play really fast on offense. They do play hard. And they don't have like a ton of size, but they have 
the movement and the athleticism to match up with any team. I'll tell you who I was very impressed with was Blackshear. I thought he was yeah. outstanding in the Kentucky game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He had, Just he to had say, like I'm, not a, a, I'm, not, a compl- I'm not like there. a hater. Yeah. I thought he was incredible in that yeah, game. Yeah, he had a couple really good moments. In the early early going, he looked a little shaky, but then he had like five, five was, or ten his minutes. His second half he, was he spectacular. Yeah. So I will give you that, but I, I speak, still don't believe this team. I think Chris Clark is starting to play more to like the form that we hoped we would see with him. He's still. I think he's still just a super role player, though. I mean, you can maybe say that about that. Their if you're drafting team. a team, I don't think you're gonna ever draft. Where does Chris Clark go in an ACC draft? You know, you know where pretty he, far down the You know ball. what he's great at that a lot of ACC teams run is that high post game. I mean, he's one of the few guys that can run that well, both shooting from the high post and then driving it actively and finishing in ones. You don't get a lot of that. In the ACC, you have typically larger guys like Ben Lambers that don't aren't able to take you off the dribble. He's, he and sees like Clark lanes well. to the basket really well. Yeah, in a way, like he but sees that the way. The funny thing about well. the uh, UK game was that there were like four or five passes that got thrown to Chris Clark, where he had just no idea that they were coming. <laughs> like one of them almost hit him in the back of the head. Two went in the stands. Like yeah, they I, were trying to break the I, press. I don't know if Chris I can't Clark imagine is, them doing well. I don't know Louisville. if he's gotten any better since his freshman year. That's that's something that I'm a little bit concerned about. Yeah. And if if I'm gonna you know, push by chips on this team. It's because of Alexander Walker, and it's because of like Bibbs and Hill mm-hmm. and Blackshear. Because I do like Blackshear and Justin like, Robinson. Like, what is what yeah? Is they're, Clark? they're best. Clark, 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 like a nine and six guy. Like, are you gonna yeah, go yeah. tell that on the mountain? No. Yeah, right, right. A and nine I mean, and six guy for a team who scores a lot. They're they're at their best when they're moving the ball well. Yeah. And, but when but when you have guys like Justin Robinson who can dominate the ball, they fall into these lapses that you kind of see Louisville fall into. But they can really mm-hmm. share the basketball. They are. And so they, they, they are been good, shooting it really. They are well good right shooters now. and they move the ball well. And when mm-hmm. they do that. Their offense really Do you want to know the real tell? Okay, so the Kentucky game, well, we had we had KY action, okay? Mm-hmm. And every time Chris Clark got a touch on offense, I was thrilled. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Shoot a three. Right, Go for it. Right. Do it. And he did. And he, and he yeah. missed. Well, against Presbyterian, he lit him up. You know, he <laughs> opened the game seven for seven. <laughs> you know the you know the thing that struck me most kept about the, kept him level. <laughs> kept him level. The yeah. thing that struck me most about the Kentucky game uh was Buzz Williams wearing the Vest, no jacket. Really appreciate this. Been paying a lot of attention to it now that I found out he was, uh, you know, bald by choice for mm-hmm. so many years, which is crazy to we, me. Still we, can't go. I went way too long there. We got to move on. But we I have love. So much I just more think to get he there. is making a statement. He is picking his style. His style is going to be vest, no jacket, and I really like it. I think he's pulling it off. It's a tough yeah, look looks, to pull off. Looks like a Dillinger era gangster. Taylor Yarup mm-hmm. next. Who's your Grinch? I have to go back to my list. Who did I pick? Oh, Notre Dame. I picked Notre Dame here. Um. They have been a disappointment. Let's go quickly. Yeah, I just I think they're one of those teams that's all offense, no defense, and which they've been for several years now. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it there. They don't have enough. I mean, they they only they they play only a few guys. They don't have enough depth. They rely too much on Bonzi Colson. They rely too much on Matt Farrell. They I mean they I I don't see that kind of spark that has gotten them over it. In the last time, yeah, just they, the, the they, difficult... miss, they miss Steve Astoria. Rex yeah. Luger is not the guy. They don't move mm-hmm. the ball as well as they used to. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's they've it's always had some deliberation in the offense. One thing I'll say, but it just it's a lot of ball stopping, a lot of passing that doesn't open up lanes or, or create shots. They don't have all the open looks. It just looks like stilted. To I don't me. think if you remove Vestoria, you get this product. If you're comparing last year's team to this year, I think there's something wrong with these guys in in the dome. Really. Which I think is good for Notre Dame fans. Why? 
Because if they can figure themselves out, I think they'll be fine. Okay. But do you really think Steve Asturi was the straw that stirred the drink, no. to quote our favorite uh, reference, <laughs> or, I, you know, the irreplaceable part? I, 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 think, I think he won a lot of games for him last year. I'll say that. there were games he was like one of eight. Hmm. I, and they won. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm willing to buy that he was a major factor, just the fact that seeing them, they don't move the ball as well, and that's like, it's not as fluid. There's a lot more like standing and dribbling than a mm-hmm. traditional like Notre Dame offense. Yeah. At the only thing that worries me is I've heard a lot of Notre Dame fans relay this to me that they're very concerned, and this was like at the beginning of the season, and, and I don't know why they would be, but they, they know their team better than I do. Okay, next up, Guthrie. Uh, so for this, um, this is the Grinch before yeah, the his Grinch, heart the, yeah, three yeah, sizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, team that I am disappointed in. I I really have to go with Louisville. That's a great choice. Uh, you know, at this point in the se- in the season, I could have seen them as being ten and zero. Honestly, like I had I had very high expectations for Louisville coming into the season. Like all the scandal and whatnot aside, I right. mean, do, do you think that there's a chance that? Patino dressed up as Santa and did ho 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 while delivering prostitutes. You think he ever did that? Uh God, I hope not. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it would inspire sorry. me. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Continue. No, it's okay. Uh, I, I mean, uh, that's that's almost First as terrifying. First of all, he had no knowledge of any of this. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> so, uh, you know, just just watching watching Louisville, Indiana. I mean, Luke, you remember watching this game. This yeah. was just, it looked it looked just like absolute garbage. We were garbage. looking at each other and we were like, Indiana first half would have been outstanding. That's the first, oh we, we watched 30 seconds of the game. We're like, Indiana first half, what yeah. were we thinking? Yeah. And Indiana has some great players. Like, I, I really, really like Juwan Morgan. Mm-hmm. Man, he... He played really well in that game, but, but Fort Wayne continues to be kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> twenty point yeah. loss to Fort Indiana Wayne. has its own problems, but really, I just I cannot figure out how Louisville's going to score against teams that know how to play defense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't see it. Yeah, they can't seem to shake that. And their defense to is shoot worse the this long year. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah the two teams they played with like at least one dominant man in the front court, Seton Hall and Purdue, also the two best teams they've had trouble with. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about on an earlier podcast that like Seton Hall basically has a front court of one or like the one elite front court. And it's like tough to see Louisville throw a lot of bodies at you in the front court, struggle with just that Seton Hall. All right. It's Michael's yeah. turn. Yeah. They Who's have a, so- a soft underbelly there at Louisville. My, You're Grinch before his heart grew three sizes still that be really day. Good. Yeah, my, my mm. Grinch so far, and this is probably going to come as a surprise, is actually UNC. I, I'm a little Ooh. worried about UNC. UNC had what I what was one of the better wins I've seen this year at Tennessee um, just last weekend. I thought mm-hmm. I thought that was a great effort, uh, primarily by Joel Berry. I thought that, first of all, he just got, he's got those wild eyes right now, right? He, does he even blink? I don't know. His hair's all over the place. He looks like a pirate. I mean, he just looks, he's just balling outrageous. It's incredible. He's However. Re- yeah, he's retweeting Joel Alstein. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, look, anybody that's so competitive that they throw a controller and break their hand or punch the wall or whatever you know i i want that guy on my team as my team leader 
Um, but then I look at the rest of their roster, and you know, I can't. I'm, I'm like gripped by that. What is that scene in Office Space where they're like interviewing the stapler guy, and they say, well, "What is it exactly? It is that you do here?" And that's what I feel like I want to ask Theo Pinson every single time I see him. What is it that it, it is that you do here, at Theo? Pinson? No, I'll tell you what he does. Okay, I'll tell you what he does. All right, it's time for me to become a mainstream commentator or a panelist. All right, tell me. He does all the things that don't appear in the stat sheet. Okay. This is guy who's hustling for loose balls, diving into his own bench. I'm starting to sound like John Gruden right now. <laughs> but hey, all the little things that don't appear in the stat sheet, that's Theo Pinson, man. He... He's the. I'm not gonna say it one more time, but the straw that's. No, he he's obviously well liked. He's a great leader on that team, but he, he doesn't seem to bring anything to the table. I, people say that a he's tough defender. People say that he's their best perimeter defender. Yeah. I think Joel Berry is still their best. Here's perimeter the pinch defender. me moment. But for he's North also Carolina. like a wing who's six six. You can't. You can put so, him on a lot. This is either pinch me, Luke. Are you in reality, or Luke? <clears throat> do you need to eat a, a pile of crow? Like Luke May is number eight in Ken Baum's player rankings. Yeah, he's very I, efficient. I cannot believe. I just, yeah, I'm meanwhile, shocked. yeah, Luke May looked completely lost for about 15 minutes of that Tennessee game. There was a five-minute stretch oh, where, he, where he scored like eight points. But other than that, he was totally overmatched by the physicality of Tennessee. Yeah, you yeah. get an athletic defender on him who can like stay oh, with him yeah, the entire time, like not Grant get Williams. lost. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Williams yeah. or Schofield or anyone. But anyways, but the, the ACC's most improved player is probably Kenny Williams this year. I mean, he looks phenomenal. He, he, looks hit, so he good. hit the big shot, the game, yeah. the game winner. Yeah, he just looks so good. But then you, you look at their big men, and you say, man, the ACC's so big. They're big everywhere. They're built on that UNC model, right? Everybody wanted to be have their Bryce Johnson and Kennedy Meeks, their Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks. Everybody's so big. And then you look at UNC, and it feels like they have like nine Tony Bradleys. And you're like, oh, oh no, that's not good. And then look, Tony Bradley was Stop good. Stop insulting the Tony Bradley. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> First of all, I thought he was a fantastic player. If they had nine not... Tony Bradleys, they would be a lot better. No, they no, no. wish they had you nine Tony Bradleys. You guys don't remember early season Tony Bradley. <laughs> no, they don't even have any. Tra- I mean, Sterling Manley, they yeah. hope is going to be Tony Bradley. They don't have enough big men. Yeah, they, they don't have them. They don't. They don't have it. They so don't have it. They don't have it down low, which is why I'm worried about them. Look, they'll finish top three in the ACC, but they will not make it outside of the top Sweet Three. Yeah, we'll not finish. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried. We'll not make it to the Sweet 16, though. They're I not haven't looked team. at their schedule, but, I mean, there's a lot of teams in play for top three. I think Miami's a certainly a contender for top three. I think Virginia's top three contender. Duke is a shoe in for top three, if you look at their schedule. They're away at Virginia, away at Notre Dame, yeah, like away the, at right, Louisville. So maybe four. It's a maybe tough four. One. Away at Virginia Tech, which... Yeah. I'll dismiss say, that, Luke. But I mean, a top four contender, Virginia Tech. <laughs> I'll, I'll say right. four, and that would be a disappointment for you. And we got to go quickly why, here. That's why I'm. Grinching. Everybody, pick a non-ACC team to watch out for in the new year, and then we're going to get it to our character comparisons, which I'm really looking forward to. I have a lot to say. <laughs> All right, so I guess for the for the non-conference, the non-conference ACC guys, I know that uh, Guthrie, you were particularly excited, weren't you, for your for your non-con team? Uh, so I was, I mean, someone wrote in Oklahoma. I, I'm a big I, fan yeah, of you, Oklahoma and Trey Young. fired it up on the text train. Yeah, yeah he just set the, he tied I, the I, NCAA record for assists in a game tonight with 22 assists. Yeah. Whoa, tonight? Yeah, he had a, uh, what, a 26 and 22 oh, stat line. The Scott pretty, Skiles pretty of good. the NBA. Yeah. Or NCAA. That's the same Kerry Kittles. Go quick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does, doesn't Scott still hold the record at 30 assists? In the NBA? I don't know. Somebody frantically Googled this answer. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, no I'm sorry. Could... We got to get to our mailbag eventually, so go ahead, Guthrie. 
So, so actually, I changed it to Texas A&M because I've actually watched more <laughs> Texas A&M this season. All right, tell me, tell me. What's so, up? Texas A&M, uh, while they did just squeak by, uh, I forget who they were playing, but they, man, they have some really great players. I really like uh, Hogue. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, that's right. Um, it looks like Hog, but mm-hmm. oh god, he he is a terrific shooter and a flag is also quite good. I think he's there. Yeah, he's there. One of their freshmen. Um, they they've played SEC champs. That's yes. my question. Yes, okay. SEC champs. They, they win the SEC this year. I th- so people are talking. If we like quick that. quick tangent, people are talking about how are good talking. the SEC is this year. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm I'm not really buying it. I don't. Need, I'm Kentucky, with you, Guthrie. I, I, I'm Kentucky's not, not, I'm not buying good. Kentucky. South Carolina's not good. Well, people South thought Vanderbilt terrible. would be good, and they don't look good. Vandy's so, not good. Yeah. Who's good in the Florida, SEC? Florida is oh, disappointing. So well, Florida. Flor- people were talking Florida's about Florida. Florida's not good. Florida has really yeah. stumbled as of late. Florida's like I, so dependent on their guards; they don't really have. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Who but they're still, missing, they're still missing. They're still missing. Igbunu? Yeah. Is that his name? No, no, Guys, no, is back. this our oh, island theory of the year? I mean, I wanted Sell to I AC, wanted to bring the the, the Virginia Tech short to be the island, but obviously y'all all went against me. So let's just uh <laughs> let's reunite. What is our island theory? SEC not good. No, our last year's island theory was Syracuse is not a tournament team, and we were exonerated among the masses. Just barely. So can we go with the SEC is not good this year? I like that theme. I reserve judgment for this one. I'm higher on Kentucky so than both I, you guys. Yeah, I, I don't You're understand. So I don't understand that at all. But the, to me, Kentucky is the, the third best team at at best in the SEC. Like Texas A&M is is well, a much better Well, if they're the third team. best, then they're pretty good. They're better um, than normal. You got Tennessee too. Mm-hmm. Do you see, Tennessee. Have you Arkansas. seen Quad Green's glasses that he wears? Oh my how gosh! Yes. Gonna give it, how can we not talk about that? I'm gonna give that guy a third third best in the he ACC. He can't take right, them guys. off because lasers will shoot from an alternate dimension. And demolish the court. It's a reference to Cyclops X Men. Okay. You get it. You get it. <laughs> I'm up next, okay? Because we need to. Somebody needs to moderate this thing. Um, I'm gonna go with West Virginia, your Big 12 champions in 2017-18. That's my team, and wow. I think Javon Carter is I'm on this hype train uh, 30 right now. plus years old, and I trust him. I trust his wisdom, and I think he's gotten better. And I trust uh, the Huggy Bear and his jumpsuit. And, yeah, I think the Big 12 is down, so that's mainly the reason I'm picking West Virginia. And I think Kansas is much worse than a lot of people expected or think they are. And I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, Kansas, they're just in a little rough spot right now. I don't think they're going to recover from this. I like West Virginia to win the Big 12. That's my team to watch out for. I love it. I'm on this. I'm all on this. Next team, Taylor, quickly. Who did I say? Okay, I'm going to say two really quick. Arizona State, haven't watched a lot of them. (laughs) <laughs> Want to watch him? Darryl, very, like a very informed opinion. Yes, right here. Uh, but Daryl Morey's wet dream. You know, only threes and close twos. Mm-hmm. Love it. Shoot or shoot, etc. My other one, Xavier, which is kind of like the Middle America version of Arizona State. Play fast, great shooters. Trayvon Blewett, love them. Uh, Two very neutral picks. They, Interesting. They already they already took down Cincinnati. That's a big win for them. I I think I'm I'm into I'm into Xavier yeah, this it's year. It's like you're flipping two coins and hoping one turns out tails. Sounds like a good strategy. <laughs> I mean, Mike, I've, I've increased my options of being right here uh, by having two. Well, last year I did tell a story about seeing Avery Johnson in the betting line of a horse window, and I'm going with uh, my Alabama Crimson Tide, baby. <laughs> Uh, roll Tide. I, I actually really like Clemson this year. They have... Clemson? W- or I'm sorry. Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. Yeah. You heads in the football playoffs. Yeah, see? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, 
Yeah, my I, I think they have a top fifteen defense there. I I think that Colin Sexton is to me he's the best freshman in the country uh, right now. Um, you know, outside of Marvin Bagley, obviously. But but anyways, um, Alabama. Young. That's that's my team. One. Their tournament team, Alabama, no doubt about it. Just like Chattanooga and Eastern Michigan last year. Too soon. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going on to character comparisons, and I have a lot to say about this. So it is the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their favorite Christmas movies, right? Don't we all? Call it Christmas. Die hard, baby. Taylor and I talked about this, and I I know we didn't put it in the outline, but I'm going to go through, and you guys can think of the spot of – Favorite Christmas movie, not favorite Christmas movie characters, just Christmas movie, movie characters who remind you of ACC personalities, okay? okay. I will start. I told him yes, uh, last episode, Jim Laranega, the Grinch, who stole the non-conference <laughs> from us by scheduling just an atrocious slate of terrible teams. I know he got Minnesota in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Congratulations. And the gargantuous task of taking on GW on the road. So, see, he's my Grinch. That's all. I'll start. Bonzi Colson, the ghost oh. of Christmas past. He's got old man game. Yeah, he yeah. does. Then they? He's just got the sweetest stroke, though, too. It's the best. Okay. Who's Kevin McAllister? It's pretty easy. <laughs> uh, Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy is Kevin McAllister. <laughs> I was going to say Rex Pfluger. <laughs> uh, okay, so we could, we could debate this if you wanted to, but. <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. I mean, Kyle Guy does seem like the guy that we get left behind, though. Like he'd be like kind of a little shit, and they just leave him behind. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's lovable, but he's also cunning. Yeah, exactly. People underestimate him. Like the the mm-hmm. you know the robbers underestimate uh, Kevin McAllister. And right. Like wait, he's all the way to the rim, and he's laying the ball up. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Clark Griswold. I have a great one for this one. Mike Breen. Mike Brady. Breen. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I was Mike, like, who the hell is Brady? Mike Brady? <laughs> I think he's Clark Griswold. I don't, I don't have anything else to say there. I you know, is. I need someone like a little more aloof than that, though. You know what I feel like? I'm thinking most of his post-game press conferences. Okay. Okay, Buddy the Elf, the lovable, large character in the ACC this year. Come on, guys. So this year's BJ Anya? <laughs> is that where we're I'm going? I'm lovable. <laughs> The lovable buddy the Nobody ever has anything bad to say about him. He's a great student. I'll give you hints. Wendell Carter? Great student. <laughs> I'll give you hints. I don't know. You got me. He's an engineer. Oh, no. Ben Lambers. He's oh, my buddy okay. the elf. For oh, sure. Okay. 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 Yeah, I guess I could see that. They kind of look like Bob Cratchit is Brad Brennell because uh, Scrooge has got him under the gun right now, but he's actually doing pretty good work on Christmas Eve. Even I though he's know. under the gun, he's ready to get torched, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to be Bob Cratchit. I'm going to work hard. <laughs> well, did you see that uh, the opening line of this season that the Clemson broadcaster put out there when talking about Brownell? I think I tweeted it from our account, which was, mm, it. it's, uh, it's Brownell's eighth season. Can't believe it. <laughs> it's great. Like that. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Okay. Frosty the Snowman is Luke May for me because I still have trouble believing that he's real when I look at his face. Yeah, those eyebrows are spectacular. Is that and what the, you mean? And yeah, the goatee yeah, the looks like it's painted right now, on. Guys, is that, is that yeah. a sharpie goatee Says beard? <laughs> Says a man with one eyebrow over here. <laughs> Who's Jack Skeleton? I don't have an answer for this, but I'm going to ask the panel. Who is Jack Skeleton? Is that Jack Frost? No, uh, warmer it's brother. The nightmare before it's Christmas. Nightmare, yeah, the oh, protagonist. Oh, okay, okay. 
I mean, really, the only ho- when you said when you said Christmas movies, the only movie I thought of was Die Hard. Well, okay, I, I'm gonna get there <laughs> that's eventually. All I can think I'm gonna of. get there eventually. Who is the Let Hans me. Gruber? I mean, that's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get there. I have a Hans Gruber. Oh, you do? I do. Oh, and you are ready for this segment. Well, nobody's gonna have a Jack. Yeah, Scott I mean, answer. I love that this was pitched as a segment, but it's just you going through all the ones. I got that you one. Like. I got one. Well, I'm letting I, you I guys have, think. If you have one. something that you've come up with in the past two minutes or three minutes, let me hit you with something that's near and dear to my heart. My favorite Christmas movie, Mike knows this. I watch it every Christmas, also like every two weeks. It's a Christmas story, isn't it? It's Point Break, <laughs> the classic first modern action Christmas Hollywood movie? film. For me, I watch it all the time. Oh, so it's just like uh, a year-round movie. I just love that movie. It, I, I have literally watch watched it, it every single Christmas, I think, for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, for um, Johnny Utah, the young Blue Flame special, special agent, young, dumb, and full of cum, I would say it's a... <laughs> Gonna go Kai Bowman and his partner. I like it. Or not partner, his kind of rival. Um, Bodie. Bodie. He's a real searcher. They call, you know? Yeah, he's no, real, I, get he's just I get it. Looking for the 50 year storm. You tell, know? Me, tell me, Jerome Robinson. Once every 50 years. <laughs> it's Jerome Robinson, baby. Jerome Robinson, man. Once every 50 years, All nature right lets now, us man. know how small we really are. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson are really have this Bodie, Johnny Utah thing going on. They are killing it. Dude, I hope you I like stop it. there because you won't do better. This is amazing. That's, that's, yeah. pretty, good. that's, that's pretty, pretty good. Drop your mic, Taylor. I've, <laughs> I've got two more. You guys can chime in before my, my best All right. one. I've, I've got one. Okay. Old Man Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie. Makes me cry. Yes. Yes. There's there's only one person. You're who stealing my thunder, be. but you go for it. Rick Patino is uh, old man yeah. Potter. That wasn't quite who I was thinking uh, about. No, no. There, th- so I, I know what, who you're thinking of, I think. Well, mine's so, a little bit different, I'll, but you go ahead. So I, I, I like the old man Potter and Rick Patino parallels. There's, there's a lot to be said there. You could probably write a thesis on it. But the first thing that came to mind when you, when you suggested this is Coach K... And you could basically. Like, Can I tell you, Coach K is? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna okay, do it. Okay. He is Mr. Potter. He is the Christmas Eve version of Ebenezer Scrooge, and he yeah. is Hans Gruber all combined. Oh, okay. That's so that's what I was going. He for. was gonna be Scrooge for me, but yeah, that that also Christmas works. Eve version. You need to distinguish the two. Oh, really? Christmas Day Scrooge is a very nice guy. Oh, I see what you're saying. He's I've, giving I've gifts follow, to I've the followed. to Tidy Tim, and he's giving Bob Cratchit a raise. Who's, and who's he's, Christmas Day Scrooge? That's a great question. Tony Bennett? I don't know. Somebody who has a ch- who's had a change of heart. Hmm. So definitely not Jim Beheim. He still wants to be in the Big East. Deep I don't down. know. Ty Jerome doesn't seem like he wants to play basketball anymore. Maybe it's him. <laughs> Actually, it's 17 tonight. All right. Yeah, good good decision. I think uh, Buzz from Home Alone, we just have to say is Buzz. You know, buzz is Buzz. And buzz then is finally, the mean cousin? Finally, how about this one? Is that right? Or older brother. Older brother. Anyways, Sinbad from Jingle All the Way oh. is one Quentin Snyder. Think about oh. that. Just think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Luke has literally removed his headphones, walked pushed back off. from the table, and walked off. off. He's never coming back. Yeah, Quentin Snyder is one of those guys you look at and you say, I can't believe he's he's still here. He's still doing it. And that's how I feel about Sinbad, too. But then you realize Whoa. he's a great American comedian <laughs> who deserves every shot he gets, just like Quentin uh, Snyder. The man shoots 40-some-odd percent from three. You deserve to keep him around. I'm not even going to explain this really one. I just want the audience, their imagination, to go to the places I've just taken them. Sinbad <laughs> from Jingle All the Way and Quentin Snyder. All right, that's enough on that Jingle topic. Jingle All the Way. Yeah, that's where they're like looking for that very rare toy. It's like a robot yeah. that shoots lasers. Right. 
Um, nothing right. says America like Jingle All the Way. That's where the race war started there. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. All right, time to go to the mailbag, folks. From Ryan. All right, mailbag time. I wish we had a sounder for this. Oh, you know what? We do have a sounder. And this is also a reminder to everybody that the ACC Basketball Degenerates podcast is sponsored by Three Notch Brewing. Named after a colonial era trail running through central Virginia, Three Notch Brewery develops innovative beers around bold characters that left their mark on American history. Characters like Jack Jewett, Thomas Jefferson, and Patrick Henry. Three Notch beers can be found at fine grocers everywhere and at their tasting rooms in Charlottesville, Harrisonburg, and also Richmond, Virginia. And Roanoke now. And Roanoke. Yeah. Wow. Three Notch Brewing, leave your mark. Oh, hi, This mark. week, what are we sampling? Nice. We're drinking the uh, Black and Goldings, which is a black ale that's got some uh, Goldings hops in it. <laughs> I think. I'm pretty sure I got that right. It's pretty good. You're just, I mean, you would be just an awful chemist. You'd be just, I'm pretty uh, sure that's an accurate description. Okay. All right. Onward, we march to the mailbag. Cha-ching! Or whatever Taylor, you can lead us in the mailbag. Mail. How about you lead the mailbag? Sure, sure. Um... So let's start with uh, from Ryan. He says he's got a more meta question. He's been thinking about the recent chaos in the polls, national polls. Mm -hmm. What do you think the purpose of the national ranking polls is, and what do you think it should be? Hmm. So he says it, it gets comes up when we talk about March and the committee. Are we talking about the best resumes or the best teams? Well, can I tell you what I think about the poll? I don't think it should exist until the college football season is over. Like the regular season and the conference championships, because all the AP voters have no idea what's going on in college basketball. They're all studying their football, mm -hmm. so they have no clue. They're gonna like make ludicrous rankings of the preseason, like where they had Michigan State last year, that terrible Michigan State team last year, mm -hmm. right? Well, well, so I, I don't think I think once the college football season is over and we're looking forward to bowls, that's when we should start ranking teams. Well, there's mm -hmm. also on the one hand, it's like. If you if you have the name like Kentucky or Kansas and you start at number five, it's really hard unless you do something really bad to move. You just have that inertia. But there's also those studies by our boy Ken Palm that say like AP preseason rankings are actually a pretty good indicator overall of like where people end up at the end of the season. I like AP rankings, can I tell you why? Because it gets fans excited at this time of the season. Like okay. there's something mm -hmm. to look forward to. Oh, my team, can they win this game? If we win this game, we can bump up to number nine. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting. Right. And if they lose, it's like, oh, we're going to drop down to number 19 now. Right. So, I like that. I think right. it, it makes non-conference play meaningful. You're rooting against teams higher than you in the poll. That means you're watching more basketball subconsciously. Definitely. You're excited when teams above your team lose. I love it. Right. So given... given If, if nobody's ranked, then uh, I, I don't think anybody really... Well, given your choice, much. would you have it be like retrospective, like looking back, like resume, or like include who you think the best team is? See, I think it's always retrospective, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, I think that's, and that was Beheim's argument last year when he was talking about disregarding record before he took over. You know, when he was talking to the March Madness committee, he said, "Look, don't look at these games before I came back from my suspension." That's different. That's no. I'm I'm just saying he he was essentially saying throw out that mm. whatever ranking you're assigning me, throw out these games before when you're looking retrospectively at us. Look at what we're doing from that point going forward. Mm -hmm. So he's essentially trying to reset that retroactive. My period. kind of way of splitting the baby is like feeling like every pollster should. 
take their own personal considerations. So if you want it to be more retrospective and I want to say, yeah, Duke's dropped a game to Boston College, but given the eye test, I think they're still better than whatever. Mm-hmm. And then through the all the voting, it all they evens out. They were tired also. It all evens out. They were really tired. Yeah. That, too. that game. Just so, so really follow-up questions from it's Ryan. Courageous effort. Um, so, if you do go with that retrospective approach to ranking teams, who has the best resume right now in college basketball? I mean, I think Villanova. I think Villanova is the best team. Those are two different. And so, I so, think they have the best resume. They haven't lost. They've been destroying opponents. They played a decent e- non-conference. Yeah. Uh, they have not lost. So, uh, yeah, that's true, but I don't know if that answers the question of who has the best resume. I think there are a few options, but I think there's definitely a case to be made for Villanova. There's a case to be made for Arizona State. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, yeah. They, they beat uh, – sure, I don't think Kansas is the be- the you know the best team even in the Big 12, but they, they beat Kansas at Fog Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something to be said for that. There's a case there. They, they beat Xavier on a neutral court. Like they have a very, very good resume, but they are not ranked. That I mean, they were what third in the AP poll yesterday. Yeah, right. Like if Kansas or Duke has that resume, do you think they're going to be third? Probably not. Something to think about. Yeah. No. And that's why I say I think people sort it out. Like. Arizona State's probably not going to inch up to number one until they also have loses. a higher propensity to, to lose back-to-back games in the upcoming future compared to somebody like Villanova or Duke. So I think that's what goes into it. All right, next question, mailbag. All right, let's. Uh, wasn't there a question about um, who is the BJ Anya of this podcast? Yes, Can we I'm get to that one? That is actually the next question. Here we go. Okay, this is from <laughs> this is from Edward, and we apologize to Edward because we're getting this question a little bit late. But we have to we have to answer it. Very important. First one: Who is this year's BJ Anya? Not in the ACC, but on the podcast. Who it's put just, on the most? It's weight? a mean spirited question because I'm gonna fess up to it. I think I put on the most weight um, because everybody else in this room is very fit. Guthrie is built like an astronaut, which I've I've mentioned before, which means he's like five eight <laughs> one sixty of nothing but just bone and muscle and you know luke and taylor just all regional what cost are. country um, you know here, so i i was upset to see this question <laughs> yeah. come in because i knew my moment of truth would happen and um it, it's here and, uh, and i'm upset about it but you know but what? i think it's all taylor relative you used to be an offensive lineman yes that's you true you used to be a lineman true. and look at you now look yes at, look how yes far that's come. right that's right i don't have the concussions but i you know I, and i was able to lose some weight but you know whatever that hurts edward it hurts. People have compared me to a, a tweener, a stretch four slash three. I maintain I can guard all five positions. Right. Given, I, the best part the right. is that nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it out there with no. I think I have, in the last like three weeks, I think I have texted Mike unprompted, I can guard all five positions. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But I thought you were talking about your wife, and I was like, well, good for you. I cannot guard two. <laughs> can I tell you something that dawned on me? And I, I, wasn't, I was talking about that for Brett and, and somebody else recently about this and we need to talk about this sometime this season is when you and i almost got in a fight in new york with those stockbrokers we're gonna go there sometime if this podcast continues in the new year do you remember what i'm talking about absolutely not i have no memory of this guess we couldn't make it he was sick in boston do you remember this trip no 
I've oh, heard the story. I've heard the story like a dozen times, and you don't remember. Yeah, Guthrie does the story better than you do now. Okay, I mean, we'll it's just there, another, uh, another instance podcast. of me sticking it to the man. There are so many that I lose track of. Right, them, you know? right. All right, next, next question. Um, it's insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Coach K, I take is, that as a compliment. Coach K was uh, what he was a couple wins away, and he got his one thousandth win at Duke uh, within the ACC. Luke, what's your re- reaction? Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is Luke's reaction. The tone of voice that you. Congratulations. 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 Dale Hall, our resident Louisville fan on the podcast, Mm. asks. Shout out. Let's go cards. Who is your ACC all-senior team for the 2020, no, 2020-21 season? I can't even think that far ahead. I don't know who's going to stay in school. In general, I think the question is like, who are the guys we think who are maybe not going to leave early but are looking really good right now? And I think Guthrie brought up somebody, uh, Alvarado. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. like a good. Yeah. I don't Fair. think he's going to leave early, and I think he could be a really yeah. solid player. I can't like see future. Seventh Woods ever going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be in North Carolina forever. So, you know, I could see him being good eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Alvarado is my like top guy right now. I mean, I think he's. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, I think that's he's a, right in that level where really he's super pick. talented, but probably not going to leave early. Beside, okay, this is from Jeff Hayden, who helped us call out, who helped call out Titus. Congratulations, Jeff. Fan of the program. Call Besides, out all, I mean, I'm sorry. Ah, Continue. Ex- exposing. Maybe that was the right. No, no, no I think no, you're over reading into no, that one just because no. he picked up on the same thing. I'm just thing. messing yeah. around. Okay, please on, continue. Yeah, yeah, continue. Yeah, you guys give, have give the skin the that's like uh, as thick as film. I Jeff Hayden like a asks, peach, baby. <laughs> Besides the obvious. Grayson, what villains should I be looking forward to hating in ACC conference play? Thankfully, I have a lot of answers on this one. Duke, Duke, I wrote duh next to. Yeah, everyone. Virginia, Ty Jerome. North Carolina, Luke May, obviously, Mm. the man with the Sharpie beard. Mm. Louisville, I don't really have a good answer for this. Maybe Snyder. Miami, I have no idea. I don't think there's a Miami villain. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot A lot of people who had talked about Jaquan Newton. Last I mean, year there's about, Bruce Brown. Yeah, I mean, Angel Rodriguez ain't ro- walking through that door, boys. Right. <laughs> Virginia Tech <laughs> is Justin Robinson for me firmly. NC State is the easiest answer besides from Grayson Allen. It's Braxton Beverly. And okay. uh, Boston College, either Jerome Robinson or Nick Popovich. Oh. Here's, here's what I thought about just watching the Virginia Tech-UK game is Ahmed Hill. I lo- at the oh, end of the man. game... Made some, you know, spectacular plays, and really his flex game is strong. Like the yeah. celebration after the flex, mm-hmm. somebody on Kentucky made the similar play and tried to flex, and it did not so stand up him. to Hill. You love oh, him? Oh, I love him, but I think other okay. people okay. are going right. to be right. villains. You know, that's a pretty good list there. I'm, a, I'm a dark side kind of guy. So this is a great list because Taylor cannot contribute to it at all because he <laughs> loves everyone. Yeah, he is filled with love. It's his worst quality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any more mailbag questions? Uh, there was one that the guy tweeted at us. Um, oh, about the, uh, And I liked it. Gambling. Because it, it, it had to do with gambling. Ah, that was it. Okay, it. please read it to me. I don't have it pulled up, but... Um, let's let's fill oh, in one no, here. this is great. He talked about uh, conference tournament weekend compared to the first weekend of the dance. Mm, mm. Right, yes. And he's like, doesn't isn't conference tournament weekend really for like the savants and like us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we, can we, and Mike can has strong that. feelings the, about the this. The problem with the conference tournament 
weekend is that it's off. It's the third time that that team has played, and those sharps or the I shouldn't say the sharp. The house is so locked in to what those lines should be. There's there's not a lot of room for error. There. It's better basketball, but it's worse value That's because the public right. is not involved. The now, public is not involved. Public is going to make dumb decisions, which provides value to people mm-hmm. who have watched since November, like us, right. Right. So yeah, and now even the, though I got value, destroyed last year, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the, va- the value for the first week of March, first weekend of March, is that is the value of the mid major, and the the thing that people don't think of is the middle of the road conference team that makes the tournament. Right. It's really you can if you understand a conference and how good a conference is, you tend to forget how good those teams within the conference are because oh, so they you speak beat of up Syracuse on each 2016. Other. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, because you forget because they beat up on each other all the time. So if you understand a conference in and out, and you understand the teams within it when they, within the context of college basketball, there's a lot of good value there the first weekend. So I understand what he's saying, and you can, I think, better understand those conference tournament games um, better. But I think the first weekend of March Madness provides the best value for people that know all of college basketball. But I like that question a lot. And just the... If we're talking about specifically in Las Vegas, and we'll shout out to Peter Hedlund. That's the guy whose name who uh, ah Peter Hedlund. Us. Yes, uh, is that a picture? Yeah, I, I pulled him up real quick. Oh, um, he looks he looks excited. He looks like a fun dude. <laughs> uh, the uh, like just in terms of like the physical experience in Las Vegas, uh-huh. the first week in the tournament of the NCAA tournament, I'm saying is like yeah. just the sheer craziness, the sheer like volume of people there makes it an experience that. Yeah, we well, he's arguing there's intimate. too many plebs. Yeah, I I agree, but like wading through that is its own sure experience, its own like here's great here's joy I, what I think is the most dangerous thing. If you know what you're doing, you're watching conference tournaments, and you're expecting uh, reciprocation in the NCAA tournaments. You gotta check yourself. I've had to do this on SMU. I've been pushing chips into the middle of the table on SMU the last two years, and I've been burned for it. So mm. that's just a warning. From experience, I watched him a little last night, and I was kind of like, I like him. So yeah, I'm talking about the last two again. years yeah. where they lost like two games or four games in two years. So, I mean, we rode Michigan though; they were the hot team. In yeah, the Big man, 10. And, and Wagner's out right now. He had a bad ankle injury just recently. They're not the team oh, they really? were last year. They don't have that senior guard play. But man, I still really like Michigan this year as well. So let's we'll let's see. go to our last uh, mailbag question here. Let's this is it. from Walshy, and he says he's a Virginia boy, born and raised. Um, but he grew his wings and took flight to Syracuse, New York, the winter wonderland of the ACC. I like that branding. Mm-hmm. So uh, he cites Syracuse winning three games against top 10 teams at home in 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he says, taking into, into account distance traveled, proximity to airports, stadium size, student noise, et cetera, who are the top home court advantages? I'd say Syracuse is up there because I've had um, – I've – made some of the worst excuses, the most elaborate planned excuses in my life to get out of going to broadcast a, a Virginia-Syracuse lacrosse game. And uh, I also got out of a, a women's basketball game in Syracuse as well. So like I, I've i never been there. I've never been to the Carrier Dome. I have no desire to make the trek. So I think there's something to be said about that. I think it's – I is, is the Carrier Dome, right, is it the sight lines in the dome that mess people up? Or is it more like the, you know, they pack people in because it's a dome. They can get the largest crowd sizes, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's sight lines. I mean, it's, it's, it's like playing kind of, in the Battle of Fort Atlantis where the ceiling's like yeah. not the roof. 
Yeah, this the good callback. I mean, it's it's an insanely massive space, so it's got to be disorienting when you're used to playing in a certain size gym. I, I mean, I think you got to say Duke is still the best home court advantage, right? And then I, he, I think our Walsh actually listed UNC is pretty high, and I would say they're not really that great at the risk of alienating anybody listening in Chapel Hill. Yeah, I would. Like, I recommend. I, don't think, I mean, we interviewed UNC kind of about this I think last the year. Ding Dong is a very big fortress. Episode. I will disagree with you. I really? think the Ding think? Dong is an incredible fortress. I have not backed that up with any data or anything. It's just a yeah. feeling. Well, We've My been, memory is pretty sharp about this, and I think the Ding Dong is pr- is a good fortress. I'm gonna go there. Okay. I know that they couldn't sell out Little John tonight against South Carolina. They were like on oh. the message boards. They were like, "Please come on, Clemson people." People buy are tickets. tailgating for the College Bowl playoff as we speak, so that's why. So <laughs> well, we just cut some Clemson fans Clemson some slack. Clemson couldn't lose yeah. in their like temporary yeah, stadium. Their temporary yeah, temporary Greensville. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really have a good answer to this other than the old like standby favorites, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. JPJ for U- University of Virginia is pretty solid it home is, court. It is an incredible um, for them. They they have a great record there over the years. And Miami has a sneaky good home court. Yeah, advantage. they do. I don't, is that due to anything in particular? Or is it just? I don't know. I don't know. Do you buy into like the talking head pundit? Like, oh, you travel to Miami, it's a distraction just being in a place like that. <sighs> There's a lot more going on in Miami than Syracuse. No offense, know. Syracuse. Or Winston-Salem, I don't know. Let's talk about a team in the ACC who does not have a good home court advantage. Hmm. Okay. Notre Dame right now. I mean, obviously. That's a question for, uh, that's a good for the question. audience. Hmm. Who would that be? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> NC State. <laughs> NC State, right? That's the first seed that but came it, to my mind. Is that the home court advantage or just that really? they have not been very good? I don't think they've been good at BNC. I don't yeah, I don't know. I think they've won a, their their best wins have been road wins over the past five years. Like they beat Duke and Cameron last year. They lost to UNC Greensboro at home last Saturday, but I don't know True. if that's because they're just bad or because of the home court advantage. I always thought I I always thought that they packed the uh the sides pretty Pretty well with students. Yeah, I'm not dissing their fans. They all show up. I'm just saying it's not an advantage for some reason. Hmm. Maybe hmm. NC State players under Godfrey, and we're near one right now of kids. I don't know. Maybe they don't thrive off of the home crowd. Mm. Your Stevens doesn't really get them going, huh? Is that what you're saying? He doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm saying no. The, the crowd the is going because the crowd is nuts. Like they they celebrated when their team was destined to fail last year. They had a mm-hmm. parade after the Duke win. So mm-hmm. I love their fans. I think they have some of the best fans out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the ACC tournament and seeing it 75 percent NC State fans when they were playing a much better Duke team. The the Duke team that won the national championship with Jabari Parker. No, that no, team no, did not I'm win sorry, the national championship. That, that team lost before. to Mercer. Jaleel Okafor. The Okafor team, yeah. yeah. So they have great fans. I'm just saying I don't know what it is. Like The players mm. haven't been able to feed off that they, recently. They are mm. ranked 134th in D1, according to Ken Paul. I can't the wait home, for Braxton Beverly, Bax, Braxton Beverly to win ACC Player of the Year in 2019. <laughs> and Is he part of our senior team? Sure, yeah, throw him in there. Throw can't him in there. wait. Why not? I can't wait for them to win the uh, ACC tournament that year. All right. Any last words? Did we cover every mailbag question? I we think did. We did. We did. Taylor, did you guys see the new Star Wars yet? Can we talk about that? Can we extend the podcast <laughs> I, to talk I, about Star Wars? I, not, I, I haven't seen it. It's a Christmas I have, spectacular. I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, no, you haven't seen it either. All three of you not seen it. Not seen it. 
All right. Well, I'll record a book on tape later for everyone else that's interested. I have something I'd like to read that I read. I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in 17, 2017. And I've been very disappointed. Then watching Star Wars? On like a couple days. It's great reviews. There a couple significant days in 2017 where I've been disappointed. Oh, but no. I think Star Wars might top it all. Oh, no. Oh, wow. That's all I'll say. Oh. Well, they. Oh. Well, this is quite the way to send people off as they're yeah. driving to their Christmas know, vacation. Of, <laughs> we'll talk about it in the new year. Yes. We'll talk about it in the new year when you guys actually go see the film. Right, right, right. Well, your disappointment so, uh, will only grow here, I'm big, sure. Before big the notes the here <laughs> at the end of the pod. We're not shutting down, at least not for now, temporarily. Please are send we, us some emails, sure about that? tweets. What uh, happens when you and I are staring at each other at the... At- Oh, like not staring each other in the face, but talking to each other one on one on the phone in like a month. We can talk about Star Wars. Okay, for two hours. that's fine. Uh, email us at accbvoldegens. Why would you stop? You guys gmail. aren't com. doing anything. Twitter else. at accbvoldegens. <laughs> yeah, my Send schedule. Us some messages. My schedule is like completely yeah, opened up. I mean, Subscribe on. to the podcast and tell a friend. <laughs> you know, just invite a friend. Peace out, degens. <laughs>